John chapter 17. How did God keep Israel? If you know, you'll know why you are in Christ Jesus. John chapter 17. The Gospel of John chapter 17. John chapter 17, start verse number 11. So you got to know the word. You got to know why God gave Israel the name Jesus. Why God gave you Christ Jesus. Here we go. John chapter 17, verse 11. And now I am no more in the world. Jesus talked to the disciples. But these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, Keep through thy own name. Keep through thy own name. Otherwise, keep in your own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that I gave in me, I have kept. None of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. So why did God give them the name of Jesus? Because he kept them. In Jesus' name. Why? Let's go to John, uh, Acts chapter 4. See, when you know, you, you know the word, you don't have to worry about Acts 4, 12. See, their salvation was in the name Jesus. Your salvation is in Christ Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. Neither is there salvation, Acts 4, 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is, neither, there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So when, what did God do when he gave them his name? He saved them. He kept them in his name. He keeps you in Christ Jesus. Watch this. Because you are a new creation. Somebody say Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to go on our way to our message. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That word reconciliation is the same word as restoration. So God has restored us in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So what God did, he put us in Christ, made us a new creation. And that's how he keeps you in Christ Jesus. What, a, what an awesome thing. But I, I want to, I uh, that's going to take me into my message. Uh, I would do the, uh, the other thing later there about welcoming all our, can you just give him a big hand? Because I'm not going to be able to go through what I usually go through. Let's give him a big hand. All those that Watch our television broadcast. Let's give them a great big hand. Thank you so very much. 
Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. Will you read, read the list uh, for all those people who watch our television broadcast? All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. All right. Now, what I want to do, I want to go to Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 13. Thank you. Ephesians chapter 13. Thank you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Thank you very much. Now, I want to take you to the message. My whole thing as your pastor is to have you to examine yourself. See, the Bible told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, let a man examine himself, whether he be in the faith. Prove your own selves. No, you're not your own selves that Jesus Christ is in you or you are reprobate or you are none of his. So I don't not minister to try to make you believe me. I minister the word so you can hear the word and examine yourself whether you are in Christ or in the faith. All right. Now, let's look at it. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to look at two verses that the Apostle Paul is now speaking to the Jewish believer. I'm sorry, the Gentile. He spoke to the Jewish believer from verse 1 to verse 12. Now he's going to say to verse 13, in whom you also, talk to the Gentiles now, in whom you also trusted. But when did you trust? After you heard the word of truth. When did you trust? Everybody, when did you trust? See, you can't trust. That's why trust is going to have to be last. Trust, you trust it after you heard the word of truth. Then he said another one. The gospel of your salvation in whom also after you believed. You were sealed. So three things have happened there. You heard, you believed, you trusted. Sealed is when God sealed you with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14 says, which is the honest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the personal possession unto the praise of his glory. All right, so, so you have to come to a place to understand that when God, how did God give you the Holy Spirit? When does a person receive the Holy Spirit? All right, say that with me. When does a person receive the Holy Spirit? Now remember, if you believe in God, to receive the Holy Spirit another way, that's why you don't have the Holy Spirit. So you got to really hear real good. I'm giving you instructions on how to receive the Holy Spirit. I'm not teaching on how to receive the Holy Spirit. The Bible is telling you how to receive the Holy Spirit. He gave you how to do it. Verse 13 again. In whom you also trusted. Talking about Christ. After you heard the word of truth. So you're told you have to do something. You have to hear the word of truth. You just can't hear anything out there. I gave you about six or seven things on the first tape this morning, what the word of truth is. The word of truth is the gospel of Christ. The word of truth is the gospel of God. The word of truth is the glorious gospel of Christ. See, the Bible tells you how you hurt. The, the word of truth is the grace of God. So once you heard the word of truth, the Bible said, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believe, the word of truth. You were sealed, S-E-A-L-E-D, 
with the Holy Spirit of promise. Otherwise, God put your soul in Christ. God put your Christ in your soul. See, that's a silly. He put your soul in Christ. He put your, you in, your soul in Christ and Christ in your soul. That's what the New Testament. Now, that did not happen with the Old Covenant. Old Covenant, Holy Ghost came up on them. But in the New Covenant, Holy Ghost not only come on you, the Holy Ghost come in you. All right? So don't, don't be deceived. All right. Now, I want to I name our teacher today after you believed with ED on it. After you believe. Hope all the words can be capitalized. After you believe. Say it with me. After you believe. All right. So if somebody asks you when you're supposed to receive the Holy Ghost, what the answer? After you believe. Right. So all this is going to be on this tape. I got a lot. Now this morning, I'm not going to go over this morning tape. You got to, I'm, I'm, I believe that you're going to take that tape. It's going to be free. Uh, you can go to purchase the CD or the DVD and all that today. But tomorrow, hopefully it will be on your podcast and you'll be able to watch it on YouTube. All right. Free. All right. With no static. All right. Can't make it no better than that. All right. Now. After you believe. So what I want to do, I want to go to this morning. I told you to write down some people we want to show you believe. Because I'm going to give you the definition again. This is the definition of, of belief. Number one, trust it. So if you have not written these down, you need to write them down. Because this is where I'm talking about when you want to. See, there's a lot of words out there for believing. But I'm talking about how God looks at us. Number one, do we trust him? Number two, if you believe God, you trust in God. Persuaded, fully persuaded. Because if you go back and look at Abraham's life in Romans chapter 4, the Bible says Abraham was fully persuaded. All right? Then you want to go to the next, the next thing. Number three, to place confidence in. Say it with me. To place confidence in. That's number three. And number four, to pass the test. Because I'm going to show you in the word of God that every time you go through something, I'm going to show you it's a test. I showed you that when I showed you Joseph. See, I'm not done. I'm going to go back and show you Joseph again. But see, the Bible said he proved Joseph. What do that mean? Joseph had to pass the test because God had to know about his character. So we're going to show you when you say you, 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 you believe, Listen, things you're going through, God want to know your character. See, you got to understand, God want to know how you're going to act during this situation you're going through. See, are you going to get better or bitter? Because you're going to get one of them. See, every time you go through trials, tests, you get better or bitter. Right, so you got to understand, you're going to get one of them. All right, now I want to, I gave you four words. Once again, trust it, persuade it, place confidence in, and to pass the test. But I'm going to give you my definition that God has showed me in his word, that the definition of the word to believe God is to obey his voice. So we're going to look at that. To believe God said is to obey his voice. I'm sure, I'm going to show you, say, say that with me, to believe God is to obey his voice. Now, 
If you are a believer, how many know you hear his voice? See, my sheep, what? Hear my voice. So if you are a believer, you hear the voice of the Lord. But the key is this here. If you don't believe, you don't obey. So you got to understand that is a life, that is a lifestyle. You got to really pay attention to the voice of the Lord. Because I believe that God speaks to us in every situation. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about even go to the store and buy popcorn. I'm, not, I'm talking about every situation. But do we want to hear God? See, but God, my, the message that I preach every week, I get it from God. If I don't learn this principle, I won't know what to minister on Sunday morning. You come to this church, I've been ministering on Abraham. This is tape, tape number 90, I think it is, I'm not sure. But at the same time, I have not ministered on the same thing again. How am I keep getting the word? God, I'm reading you Acts chapter 26, and I'm reading down to verse 19, and I'm ministering different things every week, week after week after week. Somewhere you got to be able to say, man, God's saying all of that, Pastor? My point is, my point is, he's talking to you too. But what are you doing while he's talking? That's why I told you there's a God talking to you and there's you talking to God. I named you two words last week. Let me see who can remember them two words. Has to do with what I'm saying. God talking to you. Prayer and meditation. See, you need to write that down. Say prayer, prayer. and meditation. Amen. Now, how many know the difference? Prayer is when you talking to God. Meditation is when God talking to you. So that's why I do more meditating on the Word. See, I was up this morning at 3 o'clock. That's what time I got up this morning. I mean, I was planning on doing something else, but God woke me up at 3 o'clock. I know I was not going to bed. I set the clock for my wife when I usually get up. I went in my office, what I call my prayer place of study, and uh, I shut my door, and I prayed to the Lord. And when I come out about 4.15 or something like that, I took my hot shower and came to church. That's how I do every Sunday, pretty much. Now, but I spend time with God. Now, I try to go to bed every Saturday night, very early. I study all day Saturday. It's hard to get me unless I have to do like I did this past Sunday. Saturday, I had to be at a funeral, and I had some other things I had to do. But I had to get back here and study. In the morning, in the evening, I got to study. Because I got to hear what God is saying. See, so meditating is hearing what God is saying. See, prayer is you talking to God. We do, all, we do a lot of talking to God, but we got to let God talk to us. We got to let God talk to us. All right, now what I want to do is I gave you some people this morning and I showed you how this is to believe God is to obey his voice. And I started you off with Noah. So I'm just going to, I'm going to go back through these because they're going to be brief. Uh, Genesis chapter 6, verse 22. This is Noah. And, and, and see, what the, see what you're hearing. One verse, Genesis 6, 22. What are you hearing? See, God is showing you how to believe God. Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 22. Genesis chapter 6. We're going to look at one verse, verse 22. 
Now, after Noah had done everything, remember God talked to Noah back in chapter, the beginning of chapter 6, now we're at the end of chapter 6, and now the ark has been built. But watch what he says. Thus did Noah, according, we're waiting on the word, there you go, Genesis 6, 22. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. So Noah did everything God commanded him to do, or God told him to do. See, that's obedience. So that's why when you look at Noah, look at Noah's life. We're going to go to one, that's Hebrew chapter 11, verse 7. Here's the point. If Noah did not obey God, his household would not have been saved. So you got to know how important obedience is. So many people, household are not saved because they won't obey God. Now, that's a powerful statement, that your household going to die and go to hell because you won't obey God. You've been going to church all your life. Listen to me, but you got to obey God. Okay, here we go. Hebrew chapter number 11. Hebrew 11 and 7. Just one verse. This is Noah. Hebrew chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah. Being one of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark, watch this, to the saving of his house. Now remember, God gave us his wife, his three sons, and his son's wife. That was his whole house. It took Noah, believing God, to save his own house. So you got to begin to look at your own life and look at your people living in your house. Are they saved? Now, I'm not talking about going to church religious. Are they saved? Do they have the Spirit of God living in them? My point, my point is, you have to come to a place to understand, if that's going to happen, you got to believe God. You just can't go to church. You got to believe God. You got to live a life that's pleasing to God. All right. All right, let's move. That, 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 that's uh, Hebrew 11 and 7. All right, now let's move on to another person here. Here's another person, Moses. We're going to go back to Exodus 40 and 16. Exodus chapter 40 and verse number 16. Exodus chapter 40 and verse number 16. Just one verse. Going to say the same thing. Because God gave Moses instructions how to get Israel out of Egypt, how to defeat Israel. Pharaoh and his army. Now Moses had to obey God. God gave Moses 10 plagues. Moses had to tell them every plague and then let God move. They had to follow the cloud. They had to absolutely follow a cloud in the daytime. They had to follow God at night. If God came and Moses said it's time to move, they got to move right now. So you got to understand that's how it is in a ministry. Everything must be submitted to the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, thus did Moses, according to all that the Lord commanded him. See, all that the Lord, that's what obedience is, doing what God said. We don't understand when the man of God is here, you still hearing from God. See, the kid, will you do what God tell you? That's what obedience is. So that's why I said to, to believe God is to obey God. It's no different. We said, oh, I believe God, but will you obey? 
See, when God tell Noah to build an ark, he built the ark. He didn't wait around. He went and built an ark. Listen, after Noah finished the ark, there was only seven days left. The Bible said when he finished up, God shut, it, shut him in. And seven days later, the rain came. What if he had a procrastinated? See, we, you, you're going to do what God say. You can't wait around and do it on your own precious time. I'll get to it kind of attitude. No, Moses obeyed God. Let's go to the next one where we're going to start the day. We're talking about after you believe. We're going to show you another one. Abraham. Oh, Abraham. Let's go to... Uh, Genesis 22, 9 through 12. You and actually got to back up. Genesis chapter 22. We're, going, we're dealing with now Abraham. See, let me show you what obedience is. Obeying God's voice, regardless of what he says. See, there are people God would tell to come to this church. You think they're coming? See, that's disobedience. See, you got to understand something. When God tells you to do something, it might, it might not be what you want, but it's what God says. All right, Genesis chapter 22. We're going to go to this verse, Genesis chapter number 22. We're going to look at verse 9 through 12. Are you there? All right. I'm talking to my screen up here too. Genesis, there we go. And they came to a place which God had told them of. Now remember, God told him, get out of your country. You, you got to hear all of this. Get out of your country. Get away from your family, your, your father's house, and go to a place I'm going to tell you. See, a lot of people say, oh, I believe God. Well, why hadn't you come? See, the kids, God will tell you to come to North Faith Christian Church. You're not coming. But you, you heard God tell you. See, that's the thing. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood thereon, and bound Isaac his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he says, Here am I. And he said, Look, lay not your hand up on the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now, watch this, now I know that you fear God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, that only son. God told you, take your son to Mount Moriah and offer him up for an offering on the altar for me. What? You just gave me the son. No, no, that can't be God. Yeah, that's God. That was God. Look at verse number 16. Watch what God said. After he obeyed, watch what God said. And God said to him, by myself I have sworn, said the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing. Done what? obeyed my voice because you had obeyed my voice and have not withheld your son, your only son, now all the promises and the blessings come to you. See, we want everything God has, but we don't want to obey God. God tells some people, I want you at both service on Sunday. Lord, see, we, we want what God has, but we're only going to give it one Sunday. We're going to give it one week out of the month. You know, while we may give him every other Sunday, but all fifth Sundays is mine. See, we're trying to bargain with God. How do I know that I've been there and done that? My wife would say to me, but, but church, we know we got church Sunday. I said, baby, I'm working six days a week. At least I ought to have one. 
But that ain't what God says. He didn't tell me work six days and then I take off a day. See, when it come down to today, to today, we know this is the day that we worship the Lord. But it ought not to be just Sunday. It ought to be seven days a week, right? But the key is this is a gathering. See, we gather together on Sunday. Now, I'm not telling you you got to go to church on Sunday because the Bible don't tell you that. But, but you gather together for one reason, fellowship. See, the key is this is your brothers and your sisters in Christ. And you ought to fellowship. That's why what we do after every Sunday morning, we go over to the gymnasium and we have people over there who have everything prepared for us so we can fellowship. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, it's nothing like going, get, sitting down, drinking a hot cup of cocoa or coffee or tea or orange juice or whatever we have, eating donuts and whatever, whatever. Who knows what God may say? God may say, look, I want them to have a, after the 11 o'clock services, I want them to have barbecue this, this week. I want them to have whatever. I don't know what they're going to say. But they're going to be fellowshipping. See, in, when we come to a place that we can fellowship, that's when the Spirit takes over in the church. You go check the Bible out. You got a fellowship. There are people go to church with you, but they're not going to fellowship with you. Let me move on. After this man did what God told him to do, verse 17 says, that now I know that in blessings I will bless thee, multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of your enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed for one reason, because you have obeyed my voice. One reason. Abraham obeyed the voice of the Lord. So that's what you got to understand. I could, all the people that I'm showing you right now, the reason why they're in the Hall of Fame is because they obey God's voice. See, we, what we want to do is show me that in the Bible. Show me. See, we don't, we don't want to do right. We just want somebody, show me in the Bible. It's not in the Bible that you got to go to church every Sunday. Show me that in the Bible. You ought to be a cheerful giver. Show me that in the Bible. That's what we are. And then even when God tells us, we still won't give. Or we're going to give what we want to. Because if we ever heard God tell you to give $100, you're going to pass out. I already know. I know when God told you to give $1,000, especially, because I'm going to have to have the usher to come get you. <laughs> it ain't going to be no, because no, you know something has happened over there. Go, 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 to, uh, go to Hebrew 11, eight, go to Hebrew 11. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much for God to tell you to give $1,000. And then if he tell you, you I'm going to have to send an earth show. They're going to like, what's wrong with him? Ain't nothing, nothing wrong with him. God just, told me, God just told me to do something that they didn't believe God would tell them. Passed out. Hebrew 11 and 8. And I'm not asking for your money. See, I'm not telling you to give no money. Don't, don't take that and say, well, see, Pastor Carp out here trying to tell us he wants a thousand dollars. No, that's not me. You got the wrong man. Salvation is free. Hebrew chapter 11, verse 8. We're showing you Abraham. Watch this. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place, watch this, which he should after receive for an inheritance. He didn't even know. God was telling him to go to a place that he knew nothing about and it's going to be his inheritance. 
what if he didn't go? And then when he went, God told him to walk the land from the east to the west to the north to the south. This is the land I'm going to give you. What if he didn't go? See, most people does not get what God has for their life because they don't obey God. All right, Hebrew chapter number 11. And verse 8, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, watch this, obeyed. Come to your camera. What did he do? Obey. One word, what did he do? Obey. He obeyed. He went what God told him to go. He obeyed. Watch this. And he went not, he went out, watch this, not knowing where he's going. So that's obedient. See, you want God to do all the signs. Give me a sign. And all he asks you to do is go to this church and be on time. All right, let's move on. By faith, he sojourned. By faith, he what? He sojourned in a land of promise. Watch this. As it's a strange country. Now, he's, he's living in, he got a tent up in the country, and he doesn't know this is his inheritance. By faith, he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, watch this, the heirs with him of the same promise. And verse number uh, uh, 19, it says, verse number 10, it says, for he looked for a city. Now, I want you to get this because this is why people do not understand uh, the house of Israel. The Bible talked about the house of Israel from Genesis chapter 1 to the book of Revelation, the last chapter. See, people don't know the Bible. I can just say that. The Bible said in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. What God created the heaven and earth, he's not talking about a planet. When God created the heaven and earth, he's talking about Israel, and he's talking about the promised land. He's talking about Judah and Israel. You got to understand that. That's why when Jesus got to be uh, 11 years old, I think it was, when he was 12, and when he won the temple for the first time, he stayed. And they came looking for him and said, We've been looking for you. He said, was it not that I must be about my father's business? Well, where was he at? In the temple. Come on, it's not hot. Where was he at? He was in the temple, his father's house. Say his father's house is the temple. Now look around somebody and say, are you saved? If you are the temple, guess what? If you are the temple, you're the father's house. See, that's what you got to understand. Everything they did there was natural. Now, we got to understand, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you are a house, but you're not the Father's house. There ain't but two houses in the Bible. That's the Father's house and the devil's house. See, this is not a game. You don't have no house no more. So if the Spirit, if the Holy Ghost is not in you, you are the devil's house. See, the Bible says, the devil says, I will return to my house from whence I came out. So the only other house is God's house. That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 and 17, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? See, either God lives in you and you the Father's house or you the devil's house. And the only way you're going to get God, 
get the devil out of the house, you got to get God in the house. See, that's not a game. See, you got a lot of folks go to, go to places so man can cast the devil out. Listen, you know, I've heard people tell me that all my life. Pastor, I need you to come over here and bless my house. Oh, we just got a new house. You don't, you don't need me to come to your house and bless your house to get the devil out. You need to get the devil out of you. Once the devil come out of you, guess what? He's out of your house. He can't, he, listen, uh, the, the, listen, the devil cannot be in your physical house unless he's in your spiritual house. Because if the devil in you, when you go home, the devil going to be in your physical house. All right. Hebrew chapter 11. We're reading about Abraham, right? Verse number eight, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he going. So when you obey, you obey because the Spirit says so. You, you don't obey because you got to see a sign. Look at verse number nine. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as a strange country, dwelling in tabernacle with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. So otherwise, if Abraham didn't obey God, Isaac and Jacob wouldn't have got their inheritance. So you got to understand something. Your children, your daddy, mama, brother, and sister, whoever that's, that's with you, won't get what they have for their life because you won't obey God. That's what you got to understand. That's why so many people, families don't go to church because somebody who's strong, everybody looks up to in the church, is weak. Weak in faith. So you got to understand something. When you're going through something, it's time for you to let your light shine. Let me say it again. When you're going through something, anybody can shine when you ain't going through nothing. But when you're going through persecution, trials, and afflictions, it seems like all hell trying to come down on you. That's the time for you to stand up and let your light shine. Now, you got to know who your light is. And if you don't have Christ in you, you don't have no light. Only God's light in you will put back darkness. When you're going through afflictions and trials and tribulations and persecution, it means darkness has come too close to your dwelling. It's time for your light to shine now. Time for you to stop sitting down and being quiet. It's time for you to glorify him. It's time for you to give him the praise. You got to let the light shine. That's what Jesus told the disciples. You got to let your light shine so they will see your good works. Don't be ashamed to let your light shine. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 10. He looked for a city. This is where I want to get to. He looked for a city which has foundations. Now, the city that has foundation is the last book in your Bible. I'm going to get to that soon. That's why God had to take Israel out in chapter 7. Because they are the city that has the foundation. Now, you know why we don't know this? 
because we, we don't know Israel has 12 sons. If you start the book of Revelation, there are 12 foundations. See, you, you don't know the word. If you listen to what he said, that's why in Revelation chapter 7, they took out the 12, that those 12 is called the city. See, you are the temple that's in the city. Don't know what I'm Listen, you gotta, you gotta be able to see the word. See, the three books in the Old Testament most people never know nothing about. And they're on your podcast. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Why are those three books there? Because they represent something. Three books. Three books represent Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. What happened? What did each one of those people do? And they're on your podcast. Three. See, we, we don't know the word. I'm not saying use my job to teach you, but I can't teach you if you don't come. Ezra, what did, Ezra is, is the first book. What was Ezra's assignment? If you know what that happened, you'll know what Jesus' assignment was. Jesus came and said this, Matthew 16, 13. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, you are the body of Christ. If I can ever get the church to know who they are, who are you? You always got to know that in the Bible. You are a part of the church, but you're the body of Christ. All right. Now, when you look at the word of God, tell me who Ezra is. What was Ezra's assignment? I'm not going to give it to you for homework. I'm going to go and tell you. You're going to get home. You're going you're to look it up. The responsibility of Ezra was to build the walls. Listen, ma'am, please. I know, I know you're excited, but let me finish first. Ezra's assignment is to build the wall. So you have to understand that when you know what Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, then you know what Christ came to do. Jerusalem had been destroyed. They had been in captivity. Remember, they were taken into Babylon. They came out through Daniel. So those books were there. The first somebody got out of captivity was Ezra. Ezra had to come build the walls around the, the temple that had been destroyed because they couldn't do nothing if the walls weren't there. Okay, so who was the next person to get out? I gave you three people. Nehemiah, what was his responsibility? To build the temple. See, if you got them three books down, you'll know what's going on in the new covenant. The new covenant is revealing of the old covenant. So Nehemiah's job was to build the temple. So when Jesus came, what did he say? Up on this rock I do what? I build my church. That's what a temple is, church. And the gates of hell should not prevail against it. What was the next person to come out to do? Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. What Esther? I'm quite sure it's on your you. But do you know what Esther do, did? Some of y'all read it, you see it, but you don't want to say nothing. You know what she did? She brought the people back home. It took her to get them out of 
bondage and slavery. If our parents, our parents, you need to go back and look at what did she do. It's not a pretty story. She was the one who brought the people out. So three people, Ezra, Bill the Wall, Nehemiah, Bill the Temple. See, you ought to turn your book and just, so you always know this, because you never read it. I'm helping you. So hopefully you'll go to your Bible and read your Bible. So when I'm coming here ministering the word to you, I'm not ministering the word to you because I don't know the word. I'm ministering the word to you because you don't know the word. But my point is you got to stop acting like you know the word. You're deceiving yourself. You got to let God tell you something. You got to let the word get in you. You know, one of the greatest things I learned was the kind of salt that I have been using all my life, which I know nothing about. I just thought salt was salt. So we started using a different salt. Uh, no, I'm talking about the grain. I'm, just, I'm not coming with the name yet. We're going to get to the name. No, what the name of the salt? You, the sea salt. Thank y'all. Y'all, I'm not talking about all this. I'm talking about just plain. You got table salt. You got sea salt. Well, the salt we found out, that salt was not the best salt. The best salt is called Celtic. C-E-L-T-I-C? T-I-C, Celtic salt. Well, see, Celtic salt, this is what caused me to be interested in Celtic salt. Because without salt, see, as a thing I've gone through in my physical body, Salt gave me high blood pressure. And I'm already taking high blood pressure pills. So I, I, I just stay away from salt. Well, then a person who was studying salt on Celtic salt, he said, but you still need salt. He said, did you know that without salt in your body, water cannot enter your blood vessels? He said, it's wild. I, I, I speak to wise men. Wise men hear what I say. Without salt, salt has the ability to draw water into the blood vessel. Without salt, you can't get water in the blood vessel. It has nowhere to get in. When I saw that, wow, I got to find out what the best salt. And I found out it's Celtic salt. And when I found out Celtic salt, that's what my wife and I use from now on is Celtic salt. Because without salt in your body, see, there's salt getting your body, and all it do is, is cause you to want water. But it can't get in the blood vessel because the purpose of salt is to make you thirsty. See, I'm from the country, plantation. We gave horses, cows, salt, so they'll drink a lot of water. Athlete, athletes, when they practice it on the sideline, football, I play football and basketball, they always give us a little salt. And the reason they did it because they make us drink water. But if it's salt, it's not the right kind of salt, the water still can't get in the blood vessel. That's why you get...
I'm crying to talk to you. I hope you understand me. You're just going to get a water belly. Belly full of water. You drink a lot of water, your belly swells. Because it can't get in the blood vessels. Boy, I, I should charge Celtics for this one. But I hope you understand the purpose of salt is to draw water into the blood vessel, but it's the wrong kind of salt, it can't do it. So when you see Celtic salt, it's better than sea salt. It is a sea salt, but it's the best you can buy. No artificials, natural. I get a lot of hand clap for that, thank you. I use, I use a couple of my minutes for that one. All right, I don't use, I don't waste God time. Okay, now I only have 11 minutes. All right, but I want, I want to get to my final, my final conclusion here. Uh, I gave you three people. I gave you Noah, Abraham, uh, Noah, Moses, Abraham. And, my, and in Hebrew chapter 11, I want to show you the city, because I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I think I'm just going to minister on it one day. Uh, Hebrew chapter 11 and verse f- or 10 said, for he looked for a city which hath, H-A-T-S, foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, I, I want to say this to you. Uh, let me ask you a question first. Do you believe Abraham found the city? Let me tell you another thing. Abraham is in the city. Why? Because the Bible told us. Look at, look at uh, uh, Matthew eight eleven. See, you gotta, you gotta know who the city. The city, the city is Israel. So, when you study the Book of Revelation, the last two chapters, you're gonna see twelve foundations. Each one of them it has a name of the twelve tribes of Israel. Why is that so? Because they are the city. All right. Remember, I taught the Book of Revelation already. All right. Let's go to the Gospel of Saint Matthew's. Chapter 8 and verse 11. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 11. Just one verse. Matthew 8 and 11. Now, you, I'm saying this here because the Spirit of God asked me this morning. He said, was Abraham in the city? I'm going like, let me go look at it. Matthew chapter 8 verse 11. Watch what it says. And I say to you, Jesus speaking, that many shall come from the east and from the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, watch this, in the kingdom of heaven. How many know that's the city? So you've got you to understand, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is in the city. Watch this. Now let's go show you that in, in, in Hebrew chapter 12. So that's why Paul talked about the city. Most people don't understand that God, Christ, when Christ took Israel out, he called them the city. Somebody find that for me. Uh, you are a city. A city that's on the hill, not made, not. You are a city. Let your light shine. All that may be the same place. But a, a, a light that's, I want the city that's on the hill. All right. I heard the last. Matthew chapter 5. Let's go there right quick before I read Hebrew 11. 
Matthew chapter 5. Oh my God, stop that clock, Lord. Matthew chapter 5. All right, we're going to start reading from verse 13 to 16. All right, because he's going to teach on both. As a matter of fact, he's going to teach on salt. <laughs> oh, God, it's so awesome. Watch this. See, y'all, I had none of this in my notes. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. Now, he's talking to Israel, not you. That's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was to the Jews, not to the Gentiles. That's why I'm teaching you the Apostle Paul ministry that is to the Gentiles. You are the salt of the earth, watch this, but if the salt have lost its savor, or it's been used before, or it got wet, it lost its savor, how can you resalting it? That's what he says. Well, how can you get it salt, salting again? How can you get salt, salt, put salt back in? How can you put salt? You can't put flavor back in salt. You can't put salt back in salt. It is therefore good for nothing but to cast out and to be trodden on the men. Now, he's talking about them as the salt. So if you don't have salt in yourselves, you can't help nobody else. So he's going to tell you the next, uh, in some other teaching, but not this one. The other, other place in Paul teaching, Paul would say, have salt in yourself. He's going to tell you what salt is. So you, if anybody found that, I'd show it to you. He's going to tell you that have salt in yourself. Paul told us that. In verse 14, you are the light of the world. Not salt only, but you also the light of the world. A city. See, he's talking to Israel. You are a city that's set on a hill. See, that's how it was with Jerusalem. Jerusalem always was set on a hill, and that's how they defended their enemy. Because Jerusalem was supposed to let their light shine that all the world can see. God, everybody in the world was supposed to find God because of Jerusalem. That's how it started out. That's why Adam was the first king of Jerusalem. Let me say it again. Adam was the first king of the Jews. Just like David was the king of Jews, king of Israel. All right. So here we go in Matthew chapter number 8 and verse number 14. You are the light of the world, or city that's set on a hill, cannot be hid. There it is. Neither do men light a candle and put it on a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it give it light to all that are in the house. Now he's used it for an example because that's where I came from. We didn't have no switch lights. We had candles. That's what we had. So when it got dark, you might be through with your homework because you don't have no light, bro. All right. In verse 16, let your light so shine. Now, I'm telling you, this is serious. In my time, I'm 74 years old, so I'm talking about when I was little, we didn't have switch lights. Now you got light on your flashlight and everything. You can buy a light and you can just sit up there and make it just work all day. Didn't have that back then, brother. God was your light. And when the, when the sun went down, your light was gone. Let your light so shine. Now, this is what he told them to do. Let your light so shine before men. That's why Christ came and said, I am the light of the world. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. So we got to let the Christ in us come forth in our lives. All right. Now, who got the other one? 
Mark 9, 50. The Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 9, and verse 50. Man, I got to go. I got four minutes, Lord Jesus. I haven't even showed you Israel yet. I haven't showed you Paul. Mark 9, and verse 50. We start at verse 49. Mark 9, 49. Everyone shall be salted with fire. Now, that's, this is what Jesus said. That's what happened when people didn't want God. Every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good. I want the one that was in Paul, that Paul talked about, because the one tall Paul, when Paul, I think Ephesians 4, 29, I'm not sure. Ephesians 4, 29, Colossians 4, 6. Colossians 4, 6. I don't want that right there, but that's because that's... Huh? Verse 50, salt is good, but if the salt have lost its saltness, that's what I told you earlier. How can it be salt? How can you season it? You can't season salt. Have salt in yourself, but I'm talking about it said that it's the same thing it said before, but in Paul told you what the salt is. I got to go. I got to go. We, you, you figure that one out. All right. I got to go, to, I go to Paul. I got to go to Paul. I haven't done Israel yet, but let me go to Paul. Acts 22 and verse 6. Got to go to Paul. Got two minutes. Acts 26. But you will hear Paul tell you uh, about the salt, and the salt is grace. Every, every word got to be seasoned with salt. Four or six, right. So you look at that and you get home. That's what he's talking about. Your words got to be seasoned with grace. All right. With love, that's, that's what it is, salt. Somebody said, that's love. That's right. Your word got to be seasoned with grace, that's salt. All right, now we want to go to Acts 22. The book of Acts chapter 22, this is Apostle Paul in court. And in verse 6, they're going to tell him now what Ananias said to him. Acts chapter 22, verse 6. Here we go. And it came to pass. going to come to your camera and close out. And it came to pass that as I made my journey, Paul was talking about, and was come nigh to Damascus about noon, suddenly there shined round about me, here we go, a light round from heaven. Now he's talking about uh, believing God is obeying God's voice. But you can't obey God's voice if you don't hear God's voice. Watch what Paul said in verse number seven. I fell to the ground and I heard a voice. Watch this, saying to me. Now, if I take you back to uh, chapter 9, I can show you that in verse 4, if not going back there, they all heard the voice, but only Paul understood what it says. See, they just heard something. All heard something, but Paul understood what it says. And I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why persecute thy me? See, people go to church, everybody in the church hear me preaching, but not everybody hear the voice of the Lord. You see? Not everybody get instructions from the Lord. And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecuted. And they went, and they that were with me, watched it, saw indeed the light. They saw the light, and they was afraid. They heard not the voice of him that spake to me. Do you understand what he's saying? They heard, the, they heard it, but they heard it as he thundered, it's lightning. 
But to Paul, Paul heard what God said to him. Because you cannot hear the voice of the Lord unless you got ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. Without the Holy Ghost, you cannot hear God. You can go to a church, you will never hear the voice of the Spirit until you get the Holy Spirit. And verse number 10, and I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, arise, go to Damascus, and it shall be told thee what all things which may appoint it unto thee to do. Go to the masses. I have somebody already I've talked to going to tell you what you got to do. Verse 11, and when I could not see for the glory of that light, they led me by the hand that were with, with me, and I came to Damascus. Verse 12 says, and one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came to me and said, and stood, and said to me, Brother Saul, Receive your sight. In the same hour, I looked up on him. And he said to me, God told him what to tell me. Let me say it again. God told him what to tell me. That's why when you come in here, you got to understand that's all I am, a conduit. God will tell me what you got coming. God will tell me the words you need to hear. It's like water in here. If I throw the straw away, I can't drink the water. You get rid of the man of God, you can't get the water. You got to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. He speaks to you through the body of Christ. And when I could not see for the glory of that light being led by the hand of them that was with me, I came to Damascus. This is what he said in verse 14. The God of our Father has chosen you, Paul, that thou should know his voice. The God of your Father has chosen you that you Paul would know his voice, would know his will, I'm sorry. Well, you got to know his voice to know his will. And you're going to see that just one. Now, here's Paul. God's going to use him to know God's will, to know God's voice. You're going to see that just one. And should hear the word, the voice of his mouth. You're going to hear from the voice of his mouth. This is an awesome thing when God's going to talk to you personally like he did Moses. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of whom thou hast seen and heard. It's an awesome thing where God, you, this man, talk to him. See, why do Old Testament people love Moses? Because I know God talked to Moses. Well, God talked to Paul. But see, we don't want to accept Paul. But Paul is the only person in the Bible that God sent to the Gentiles. First, one verse, 1 Timothy 3.16. 1 Timothy 3.16. The gospel was not preached to the Jews. Paul mentioned the Jews in his teaching, but the, but the gospel was preached to the Gentiles. 1 Timothy 3.16. I gave you this one verse on your morning tape, 1 Timothy 3, 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. We know that because John 1 and 14 said, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. God was manifest in the flesh. God was justified in the spirit, just like you were justified. To be justified to mean to be made right with God. God! had to be made right by his own system. 
That's why he had to be risen from the dead. And the only way God can justify you, he had to be raised from the dead. But he was not raised from the dead just for you. He was raised from the dead for his own justification. Romans 4.25. When he raised from the dead, he was raised from the dead for our justification. Even Jesus had to be made right with God again. He's called the first begotten from the dead. He's the firstborn of many creatures. He is the first. He had to be born by his own system, just like Adam. Adam was the first man of his own creation. So Jesus Christ had to be the first man of his own creation. You are a new creation. You are not an old creation. You are a new creation. You are not a natural person no more. You are a spirit creature. And you must have the word of God to live. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. Come on, get up on your feet. You got to have the word of God to live. First Corinthians chapter... First Corinthians chapter number 15, verse 1. You got to have the word to live. So God give you a man of God with the word of God so you can live. First Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have, unless you have believed in vain. See, if you, you believe in the wrong message to be saved, you believe in vain. For I deliver you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is what you got to believe. You keep hearing it, but you got to believe. You got to believe Christ died for our sins. Say it with me, Christ died for my sins. Christ was buried in my grave said Jesus Christ was buried in my grave and he was risen from the dead to make me right with God so I thank you Father for your salvation now give the Lord a great big hand hallelujah my time is up I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.